0: Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components Live. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm
1: Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoyed this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI.
0: Glad you're catching our live show after it was live and is now a podcast. If you want to join the live show, we stream every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube, but you can always find the recording on your favorite podcast app. All right, let's get into it.
1: Hey, it's Friday. Welcome to Components Live. Thank you for jumping in here and joining us. I'm Patrick, and I got Jared with me here.
0: Hello. We're missing Ren this week. She's in the jungle or something. Mountainous jungle. Mountainous jungle. But missing is, is right. Like we know where she is that it's not like we don't know where she is. We're actually like emotionally missing. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She's, yeah. she's not missing.
0: She's in right. a jungle. We right. There's no her. reason to panic. She's fine. No, no, she's no. no. As far as we
1: know. Yeah. Fact, yeah. Last time we checked. Which was actually was only about 10 minutes ago because <laughs> as it turns out, neither of us know how to run this thing exactly. So uh-uh. they have cell service in the jungle. Apparently it's that kind of jungle.
0: That's the best kind of jungle
1: is it? I actually well, when I go when I go into the woods I want to I prefer woods that don't have cell service but that's just I like,
0: me. I just don't like jungles to be frank. Like maybe that's my hot take. I don't like jungles. Hm. Lots that's of a, maybe you haven't been in the right jungles. I don't know there's <laughs> lots of things that crawl. Come out. <laughs> All right. Well, on
1: to content, things that matter in content this week. All right, so we got a couple of news articles, although I think Jared might be bending the rules on what that means just a touch. 100%. 100%. Although I, I think maybe you could say that I am this week too. Um, and then a, uh, a hot topic or two, and we'll let everybody get back on with their Fridays. Maybe, maybe dive into their weekends early if you're on the East Coast. All right. So I will start with my news slash article, which is actually going back a little bit now. And very technically, it is not a news article. It is a post on LinkedIn. But it is as it is as Rule bender.
0: That's You're a rule bender do you too.
1: I mean, what do, you, what do you want? It's based on a news articles. So I'm like news sure. about the news, right? Sure. Yeah, meta. Um, so Tony Steele, who's a knowledge graph engineer at UBS that I follow. Um, I think probably more than... I do as well. Um, yeah, you you follow him as well. I think probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast follow him. Uh, yep. Because he's, he's great when it comes to this stuff. And he posts really interesting things um, as it relates to... Um, large language models and AI more generally and knowledge graph and things like that. Um, really very high quality content, you know, top 1% of stuff on LinkedIn, in my opinion. So recommend 10 out of 10, go and follow Tony. Um, but I want to go and talk about one of his posts. That's like two months ago now. So, um, I don't know how we leave these in the description, but I'm sure we can. So I'll try to send a link. His post is about small language models which are still not probably all that small in relative size,
0: (laughs) but yeah, right. Right.
1: But fundamentally what it is, is it's uh, you know, they are language models. Um, so AI, you know, things that back AI systems, which have less parameters going into them. Um, so reading exactly from his post, um, these language models are only about 2 billion as opposed to about trillion parameters. And the interesting part about the research that he's citing here is that what they were doing with these particular, you know, small language models is showing that with high quality and they refer textbook quality data, yep. it's possible to extract performance equivalent to a trillion parameters from only two billion parameters. I'm still quoting from his article. This underscores our first crucial insight. When it comes to data, quality can trump quantity especially for specialized tasks.
0: I feel like we've suggested that might be true at some point in the past. I'm I'm not I'm sure we haven't just suggested it. I'm sure we've stated it, even if we haven't given like full throated arguments to support that claim. Um, But I think that's I I mean, that's what we've we've said it multiple times, like the quality of the data that you that goes into these things is going to determine the quality of what you get out of them, like same principle. Um, But but this is a really interesting one because of the sheer difference in volume, like that's like two billion versus a trillion is crazy.
1: And there's cost associated with that, right? Yeah. So the training cost for the models is oftentimes the one of the largest line items when putting together these Mm -hmm. functionalities. So if we're entering a world where the inputs have as strong of a a um, determination on the final result um, as just the quantities, like the quality of the inputs, yeah. you can start to make economic decisions around you know, where you allocate resources. And it's probably going to be less expensive to get
0: the inputs right, especially from, yeah. an, inter- from an iteration perspective. Um, do you know by chance um, what, per- what the parameters are here in this case, like what the specific parameters are? I mean, he's talking about a very specific... Small language model, but like parameters, generally speaking, with these models, do you know what the a general good definition of a parameter is?
1: Oh, so it's I mean, it's just the it's the the information input into the model, like as a, as the training set. Um, so, um, in this particular case, I don't know exactly what the the data set they put in was. Um, that um, that is in the links, I'm sure. For the you know for the actual uh, textbook or sorry for the actual um, papers that defined the textbook data that was going into this, yeah. um, so you know I'm obviously ju- I'm obviously leveraging some of his judgment here, uh, but I think that we've also seen these things in other situations. Like if you go to Hugging Face and you look at some of the posts that are there, like this stuff is stated. It's not stated in these terms this clearly. But if you look at a lot of the notes that go along with some of the models that people are building, like you'll you'll see bits of this. Um, yeah. Maybe not in in as pure of a research setting, um, but it it den- it does tend to show
0: up. Okay, um, that's cool. I I think this is um yeah. Hopefully we can we can drop a link into this post because this post is worth reading. And he provides lots of links out to different um, articles. Some of them from Microsoft and others about this. It's super interesting.
1: I am gonna put something into the chat right now. Can't post messages to some channels. Well, let's see what this does. Good all luck. Right. So I just posted that. All right. I don't know where that went. I see a little YouTube icon. So maybe if you're on LinkedIn, you don't see this. We'll have to post it after the fact, but I will do that.
0: So it'll it's all good. All right. So you guys can see who the real brains of this operation is. Yeah, it's neither yeah. the people that are currently here. No, no, no,
1: it's the one that's in the jungle.
0: That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. All right. Um, what were yours? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So segue here. So Tony and like there's a lot of really interesting conversation that's happening on LinkedIn about AI tools. And Tony's a good gr- a good example of somebody who's doing like good research on these things and posting thoughtful things about them. I was combing actual or maybe traditional news outlets for articles for today. And I I just kept thinking, this is all so silly. And like none of it was great but what stood out to me and it's connected to what we've just been talking about but on the opposite end of the spectrum are these two and i'm we're not even going to go into details about the articles but these two um headlines from the same publication which i found just strange so the first one google ceo says ai can counter cyber threats even as new tech draws criticism there's one right so hey cool look we can use ai to count counter cyber threats. The other one, cyber criminals are getting faster, and generative AI could make their work easier. And it's just like, come on, like, at some point, I think we're just trying to fill space and and people writing articles are like, just guessing, um, which is a fine methodology, maybe not for journalism. And maybe they're not doing that here. I don't want to throw these people under the bus. But like, The need to generate all of these articles gives you this kind of case where you have somebody saying, hey, look, Google CEO says AI can can combat cyber uh, cyber threats. And then you get somebody else going, hey, cyber threats, um, generative AI is going to really help out those cyber threats. They're going to be able to work faster and more efficiently. And it's just like both of these things like it could could be true. true. I mean, they can both be true. So let, let me, do, let, me defend, let me see if I can
1: let me see if I can try to defend journalism in this particular case just a little bit maybe
0: maybe Journalists, maybe journalist Journalists. or maybe yeah. this
1: particular journalist so if Google's CEO thinks that AI is a possible tool for defending against cyber threats like do you think that what Google's CEO
0: thinks is newsworthy? Yes. Okay. Yes, because, I mean, he leads a very large, um, multinational, you know, massive organization. Presumably, presumably he's well informed about these things and people are, you know, one would hope hope that the CEO of Google knows what he's going to say. Like, he knows what he's talking about when he says this. There is, there is certainly like transfer of authority that happens Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Like if Google's CEO. Oh, I just said it Tony. Well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like, but if Google CEO makes us, st- I don't mean transfer to authority like you read Tony and then you go talk about Tony and now you're the authority. That's not what I mean. Right. Like if I am, or if Google CEO ha- has a PhD in neurobiology, he's an expert in neurobiology. If he starts talking about botany, he's no longer an expert. And sure. that could happen in one of these cases. Let's assume it doesn't. So if if Google CEO says something about How he thinks ai could counter cyber threats that's cool that's newsworthy like tell me give me the details of how and again cards on the table it's friday i haven't read either of these articles they may go into all this detail and i may just be like you know listen what all right
1: but i think general point general point there is no doubt that the speculation engine around ai it's crazy it's it's wild yeah like it's that's the part
0: that drives me insane
1: and I, you know, so this is, I post about AI fairly regularly, Um, and I will tell you that relatively often I'll write something and I'll be like, am I just speculating here? Like, do I really, am I really adding anything to the conversation? Now, you know, like my stuff tends to be more aligned with like the content aspect of it and like the content systems and operations behind it, um, which I am an expert in. Um, so like I do feel like I have authority to speak on those sides of it. And I think sometimes I'll find myself going maybe up to the line of where I think I'm no longer like really truly qualified as an expert. Um, and I do try to have a little bit of awareness of that, but it's also social media. So sure. know, like, like how much restraint do you,
0: I don't know enough. Right. I, I think, uh- I think that um, so AI presents this interesting problem I mean, lots of interesting problems one of them is the speed with which we could be able to generate new content for headlines like cyber criminals are getting faster and, and just start flooding because there is a push like the reason the reason we get these two headlines from the same the same publication is there is a there's an editorial push to get stuff out the door and get it out quickly and AI, AI can speed that up I am so bothered by the amount of information that is maybe not even information, the amount of things vying for my attention in any given day that literally a week ago, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I have a bad habit of scrolling through news articles when I'm like getting ready to go to sleep that I decided to leave my phone on the mantle downstairs. So at 8.30 PM, the phone goes on the mantle because I'd rather go read a book at this point because I can just slow it all down. Good for you, man. Man, so tired right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, All right. So let's see here. We got two minutes left. Uh, A couple hot topics. Sure. All right. So. Um, I'm going to jump on to one of the ones that's been doing its rounds and uh, did a little stir on on my LinkedIn um, earlier this week, which is the Air Canada incident uh, <laughs> yeah. with the with their chatbot. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And I pointed out in a, in uh, a little post that I put up that I felt that this was really a failure of content management. I want to yeah. extra, expand on that a little bit because I had some people challenged me. Nas challenged me, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think the perspective here is that. The AI hallucinated and it said something that represented Air Canada, um, and Air Canada was held responsible for that. And yep. you know what I was trying to say in my post was, uh, yes, all of that happened, but realistically, the failure—if you—if you look at this as a, as a failure of AI, that's the wrong way to look at it. This is a content management failure, and um, a little bit, I said that to be kind of pointed and maybe a little bit edgy. To get people to kind of like think about it a little bit. So, you know, having the chance to talk about it, I want to step back and, and look at it from a slightly different angle. I think that we have to understand these systems we're deploying, just as we've always had to understand systems we're deploying. So yeah. when we deployed search interfaces back in the day, like we had to understand the, the, the power and the shortcomings of the shortcomings of those interfaces. And like as much as generative AI is still sparkly and like feels magical, like it's still just a technology that has things it can do and it has shortcomings, which mm-hmm. means you have to mitigate the shortcomings and you have to, you know, maximize the um, the value that it creates. And for a company the size of Air Canada to deploy a bot and not have a simple filter for stop words for like refund
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: is ridiculous. And that assuming is,
0: they, assuming they didn't have one. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. So to have one, okay. So either your problem is that you didn't implement one or you didn't implement QA on the one that you implemented. I don't care. That is a distinction sure. without a difference. Like, <laughs> so at the end of the day, like it, you have control over these systems. Like AI isn't running your website. Like you have the right. ability to analyze what it says with logical algorithms and pass it through filters on the way out the door. And so even if it's creating content on the fly, where it could hallucinate, it's still your content, it's still a content management problem. So until the world is is willing to start to think about these things holistically rather than, you know, just the, you know, the quick high of deploying an an AI system, we're going to keep having these problems. So, like, do the work the hard work of content operation systems, the hard work of good content creation, so it's not garbage in, garbage out, and recognize that content work is hard work and invest in the people who are gonna do it. And that shouldn't be a hot take, but it is, and I feel hot about it.
0: Well, you you do get kind of hot about these things. Mine's gonna be very quick, and it's not really a hot take as much as it is just like a very quick, this is a unique space we work in. It's very it's it's not niche, but it's close. Um I'm just want to say I'm really thankful for like all of the people who are invested in this group, in this community because they're really really invested. Like the people who are here in this community and contribute are super into it. This like is a si- Dude, this is a silly podcast that we do every week and people yeah. genuinely listen and they genuinely are interested and like even if it's just us being silly, they, they're they listening because we are, we're talking about things that they're interested in, maybe, some days more than others. But just wanted to say thanks to all the people that, that make up the community that we are a part of um, for being as invested as you guys are in, in really enjoying what you do. Um, yeah, right. it gives us jobs.
1: That's a nice way. I like that that way to sign off on a Friday. So as usual, you know, I looked back through this. We almost always end on 17 minutes, 17 (laughs) minutes. It's not, it's not 15, like our target. All right. So as usual, thanks everybody for being here and joining us on a Friday. Um, Hope you've had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend and we're looking forward to seeing you again next week. See you guys. See ya.